know that you are redeemed this morning, say amen. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And He's given us the free gift of salvation through our faith in Him and in that redemption. And if we repent of our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the glorious news of the gospel. Steve Dawson has preached a, a sermon specifically on sin. Um, we, we talk a lot about the gospel, and I, I've always believed that if you present people the truth and the glories of Christ, they will be drawn to that and put off their sin. But every once in a while, it's good to remind us, um, the Bible reminds us often, of what sin is and what sin looks like, and there are reminders um, throughout the Scriptures of how God... Um, wants us to live as believers in Jesus Christ and of those who call ourselves Christians. And, and also, He wants us to continue to put off those sins and to live for Him. So we have uh, reminders of that sin. And we have reminders, especially of how we're, we're to treat other people, um, those who are concerned about God and His laws and His ways. So that brings me to Proverbs. And I've often said that Proverbs is a book that teaches us how to live with other people. Pardon. Psalms teaches us about the worship of God. Proverbs tells us how to live with other people and how we should treat other people. And so that, that gives us a lot of wisdom here. And this, much of this um, book comes from King Solomon himself. Um, because remember that King Solomon was gifted with wisdom. He didn't always follow that wisdom. He took a thousand wives, for goodness sakes. And, and, and the Bible says that brought him great trouble when he did that. Um, but he was a wise king, and, and in the end he came down um, on God's side and um, in the, uh, wanted to pass on wisdom to his, his children. So he talks to... Uh, all of this in, in the first few chapters of Proverbs is him talking to a young man. And it starts off with this in verse um, 16. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to, to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brothers. Is there a reason why it jumped up like that, Michael? Okay, well, I mean, it's on. Um, <laughs> I can tell that. Well, anyway, that's all right. It, 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 it's working. Um, so, as we look at this and think about what God has for us, let's pray first. Lord, we just ask God that you would bless the reading and the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. It seems today that a lot of the um, law and order has broken down in our country. And, and we're beginning to see the effects of that um, in, in our cities. Uh, we have this idea that that's among um, you know, certain uh, political class or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, certain people have this philosophy that, that if you, um, you um, try to raise the, 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 the standard of living for um, people, that they'll, they'll naturally begin to do right, 
and that when, when we enforce the laws and, and put people in prison, especially those who, who are um, poor and, 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 and in minorities, when, when you begin to imprison them and, and those kinds of things, that, that, that is what causes the cycle of crime and violence. What we need to do is, is find ways of uplifting them. But what they forget when they, when they talk about those kinds of things is that there is an, an innate nature within human beings that, that, that causes them to commit wrong. It's the whole reason we have a justice system in the first place because men's tendencies within their lives are to go out and commit evil. A person left to himself, left to his own devices, and, 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 and left to run wherever he, 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 he will without any kind of fear of reprisal or somebody stopping them or, or um, you know, the law enforcement doing what they're supposed to do and, and, and for the courts doing what they're supposed to do. People are running rampant. And we're beginning to see that um, in, in our major cities. I mean, it's been there for a long time, but, but here lately it, it's sort of exploded in, in some of our major cities. All, all these crimes. You know, you, you got people in, in New York. Not, not only are we talking about um, stealing from uh, stores and things like that, but people being pushed in front of subways and those, all kinds of horrific things. Um, at, out west in, in California, some of these cities are, are in a you know, complete decline um, right before our very eyes. They're almost a, to what we would call a post-apocalyptic um, thing where you see the, you know, uh, you know in TV they, they, they always do these extreme, extreme things to show what happens after the apocalypse. And, uh, and especially a zombie apocalypse, you know, I, I joke about that. But, but you know, the, the cities look, look overrun and devastated and, and worn down. Um, it, it's becoming like that in some of our major cities because of, of the crime that's being committed. And unless we um, begin raising up a standard of, of what is right and wrong in this country and, and begin um, enforcing those things again, but we're going to continue to see, see this rise, and it's going to become violent. And, and I'll tell you this, too. I, I don't like it, but th this is what's going to end up happening. People are going to begin taking the law into their own hands, just like they did on, on the old frontier um, years ago before there, there was law and order in, in the um, uh, newly expanding territories. But anyway, you know, that's... That's what we're heading to. The, the human beings left to their own devices are sinful. They're going to run off into sin. And, and, and God is the one who is righteous and good, and he hates these sins. And so he, um, through Solomon, is, is warning young people about the things that God hates so that they can be saved from those things and, and come to please God. And it's good to remind ourselves of these things from time to time as a church Especially to look, first of all, into our own hearts and lives, make sure that we're right with, with, with God first and right with Christ, and then proclaim um, what is right to others. <clears throat> so Solomon begins warning this young man here in, in Proverbs chapter 6 about the six things that, that, that God hates. Well, he starts off saying six things, and he says seven that are abominations to him. That, that, that's a common way of speaking in, in scriptures, especially in these poetic texts. There are six things that God hates, even seven that, that God finds an abomination. And, and the first one he says are haughty eyes. Now what does he mean by that? Well, I think it's, um, of course, you know, I'm standing here in a pulpit, 
and, 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 and I'm over you guys, so I have to look down. So forgive me for looking down on you. But that's what it's all about. It's having arrogant eyes that, that a person uses to, think, to show that they're better than somebody else. And so we, we look down on other people. I'm better than you are. I know more, more than you know. And so that there's this look of a person who exalts themselves over and above others when really they, they don't have much of a right to. And we, and we see this happen <clears throat> over and over again. Um, I hate to say it, but I think in this, in this country, in this present age, that there is this gap between elitism and, and the common people. Now, it's, it, the, the political situation is not so much about the, the two parties and, and their, their normal um, disagreements. We, we, we have an elite class who thinks they know better than everybody else, and so, um, you know, they, they're, they're trying to um, take over and, and uh, preach morality to people. Um, and, and the worst offenders are, are in Hollywood right now. I mean, my goodness, they, they have no call to, to tell anybody that they have better values than, than anybody. If you, if you know the lives of, of these Hollywood actors and stuff. But there's a lot, I, I see this wide gap between, between the, 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 those who are, who are rich and powerful, thinking that they're better than, than, than the common uh, people who, who are working hard every day. Um, and, and it doesn't just happen in, 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 in this wide realm. It happens in, in smaller ways too. We have to be so careful as believers not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought, as, as Paul talks about. We ought to, we, we ought to think of ourselves in, in humble ways, humbling ourselves before God, realizing that um, if it were not for Him, I would be lost in my sin. And so as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have to be careful not to look down on believers. And so often we, we, we compare ourselves to other people, saying, okay, I'm better than that person, rather than comparing ourselves to God's revealed will in, the, in this Bible. We need to be looking at ourselves and not down on others, first and foremost. That's one of the things that God hates. And we know if God hates it, that means that it's under His judgment. The other is the lying tongue. Someone who hates truth, excuse me. <coughs> Someone who hates the truth. Now, um, again, without calling names, we know that um, th there are people in our, in our country today <coughs> that we see every day on our televisions or in our newspapers who um, care nothing about the truth all they want to do is, is promote one particular agenda or another. Whatever their, their personal, um, whatever gives them power, whatever gives them um, money coming in, uh, they'll easily lie. And sometimes I think they just like to tell lies just to lie. <clears throat> and again, these things are the things that God hates, but, if, but, but with, with a person who is left to their own devices without God, without any knowledge of right, right, right and wrong, or without any care about what's right and wrong. They may know what's right and wrong, but there's no consequences to what they do. <clears throat> their natural tendency is to lie and, and, and not care about the truth. In fact, they hate the truth so much that they don't want to hear the truth from people. They don't want to hear the truth of God's gospel. They don't want to hear the truth of God's word. They, they, they would rather go with the crowd... And, and live according to the lie. And when you live according to the lie, you're going to start lying yourself. 
<clears throat> there are people out there who hate the truth, and God hates those who lie. We need to be so careful about that, especially about, about our speech. And, and these, these first few um, sins talk about body parts. The first one talks about the eyes. This one talks about the tongue. There's also the, 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 um, the hands that shed innocent blood. And again, we're begin, beginning to see that kind of thing, the violent crime that's happening in our cities right now, that, that seems to have increased tenfold. And, and, and it's sad when, when there are people so bent up in their hearts that they want to just attack people for no reason. <clears throat> I saw this video the other day of, of, of uh, two um, teenagers um, uh, beating up an old man just because he was out walking his dog. And uh, they'll post these things on social media thinking that they're funny. And a lot of times they'll get caught doing something and later they're arrested. But, you know, I mean, my goodness, attacking someone who's just out walking their dog for no reason other than you wanted some clout or you wanted to have, make a joke. Uh, that's where our, our, our young people are going today if we're not careful. Well, I would even say even worse than that, is the scourge of abortion that's happening across our country. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't announce it yet, but um, I'm going to announce it next week. But I'll go ahead and announce it now. March 16th, um, we'll be out with Love Life again. Um, March 10th through the 16th will be um, our um, week where we, where we uh, pray for the, uh, the unborn and, and, and pray for the young mothers who will, um, are making decisions about abortion and, and hopefully that they'll turn their hearts around. But the 16th is when we'll join with Love Life out there in front of the abortion clinic. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll read scripture and, and, and pray and, and um, those kinds of things. <clears throat> so pray for that coming up March 16th. But anyway, hands that shed innocent blood, destroying the baby within the womb. I think it's interesting how <clears throat> we, uh, we tried, people who, who are pro-abortion tried to delineate, you know, between a fetus and a baby as if the thing that's in the womb is not the same thing that comes out. <laughs> uh, a, a fetus simply means a, the, a baby that's been unseen, and, and, and a baby is just, just the baby that, that's been seen. That there, there is no difference between a fetus and a baby. But yet, yet they want to try to separate those things and make an argument. The difference is between um, unseen and seen, and it, it's, it's uh, ridiculous. But, but we're going to answer one day for the... For the millions of babies that are being killed in this country every day. And they're still being killed in spite of what the Supreme Court did. Um, there are only a few states that have, have abortion bans, and some of them are not total bans. So we need to be praying about that. Our country is going to come under judgment. It's just like God told the Israelites in ancient times. When they were worshiping the god Moloch, that, that, that god wanted child sacrifices, and, and the Israelites would, would, would be influenced by the Canaanites, and they, they would send their children through the flames to Moloch is the way that they would do it. They would, they would push them out into, into flames to be, to be burned alive. God said, if you, see, if, if, if you participate in that, you know, you're, 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 you're an abomination to the Lord, but if you see somebody doing, doing that and don't say anything about it, you're, you're in trouble yourself. It's the same thing. We're sacrificing our children, maybe not to the, the, the god Moloch, 
but we're sacrificing them to um, the God of convenience. God hates hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wickedness. Now, again, we're talking about a body part here, but we're moving internally. And, and I think uh, this speaks to what's called a twofold nature of sin. That there are sinful acts that we commit, but there is also a heart within that, that plots all kinds of sin and evil. A heart that devises wickedness. Plotting, we were people who plot wickedness in their heart constantly. Um, in the days of Noah, back in Genesis 6, one of the reasons that God brought, brought the flood is because violence filled the earth, but also that the thoughts of man were continually on evil all the time. All the thoughts of the intentions of his heart were only evil all the time. That's why God brought the flood. And he started over with Noah and his family. God promised you know, that he would not flood the whole earth in that way again. That he offered up, <clears throat> that he allowed sacrifices at that time to be the substitute. But, you know, doesn't mean that God still doesn't, doesn't hate the heart that plots wickedness. So God, God's wrath is against both the, these outward and inward sin. His wrath is against the acts of sin and, and the, the heart of sin within, the sinful nature. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 15 as well. He says this, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. The thoughts of our hearts, the things that come out from within us, those are just as sinful as, as the acts against another person. And if, and if our hearts are, you know, devising such wickedness all the time, we're going to find ourselves under the wrath and judgment of God. And not only that, it talks about the, the, the reaction, the cause and effect here. If, if our heart is devising wickedness all the time, then the thing that follows, he says here, are the feet that are quick to rush into evil. Living for wickedness. That means our lives are completely orientated towards evil. Not only the, the evil thoughts and plans of the heart, but also the evil actions that follow. And we're quick to do that. And again, that's the natural state of, of, of people who are without God and without any, any kind of moral compass. Then he talks about uh, two different people. And this time he's not talking about um, the different parts of, of a person that, that sin. But he also talks about two particular kind of people. A false witness. And a false witness is someone who perverts justice. When you're in court testifying to something, to, to, to the authorities, and, and, and you lie about somebody else in order to get them into trouble or in, in order for them to... Um, uh, get convicted of something wrongly. A false witness is, is a perversion of the justice that God would have. And it's one of the worst things that you can do, that God, and God hates it. And it's in the Ten Commandments, by the way. You know, the Ten Commandments, you know, everybody says, well, you're not supposed to lie. Well, 
that's true, but it says specifically, you are not to bear a false testimony against your neighbor. That's a complete perversion of justice. It's one of the perfect ten. We'd be careful not, not to lie to an authority in order to gain a personal advantage, either for ourselves or for another person. A perversion of justice, that, that is something that God hates. When I was reading the commentary, the example they, they gave was that uh, King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, and as you know, anything about King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, they were probably the two wickedest rulers in the Old Testament. You can read about them in, in uh, 1 Kings and, um, and, and Elijah's confrontation of them. But there was a, a man who had a field, and Ahab wanted it and tried to buy it, but the man would not sell his field to Ahab. And so what happened was, um, Queen Jezebel saw how downtrodden Ahab was. He was mad because he didn't get his way. She plotted evil against the man, um, accused him falsely, and then he was killed and executed because of her false witness. And then Ahab came in and uh, was able to buy the field. He acquired that field. That is a perversion, a wicked perversion of justice. Using the law and the authority to, and a lie to cause a miscarriage of justice against a person. Then it also ends with another person that's just like a false witness is one who causes division among people. Now we need to think carefully about this one. One who causes division among brothers. A person who goes out specifically to try to cause other people to sin against other people. A person who goes out to cause strife within a, within a family. A person who goes out and causes strife within, within a community in order to stir people up against each other. Someone who, who is constantly trying to stir up trouble because for whatever reason, they, they like drama, they, they, they want some sort of advantage out of it. They cause peop, uh, people to go after one another. It's causing other people, trying to cause other people to sin, and therefore dividing them. And I see this a lot in our country. One of the reasons um, that, that I'm very upset with, especially the media and some of these big entertainment corporations, the people that, that, that are constantly putting out messages, is because they're doing so in order to divide people. Um, I can tell you that when a certain president was elected in 2016, uh, this brought out the worst in a lot of people. <laughs> and uh, there are people try constantly trying to cancel people out of jobs, out of whatever, because they, they supported um, Donald Trump. Now, I agree that sometimes that happens you know, on the other end, too, but my goodness, uh, the, the, um, they've thrown everything up against the wall to try to make it stick. And, and, and they've tried to cancel other people. They've tried to get people um, after one another. And I think one of the things that, that this is a tool of the elites, not, not just Republican or Democrat, but that one of the tools of, of, of people who, who were looking down on us with haughty eyes, um, they, they want some sort of power and influence over people. They're purposely trying to divide people. And God hates a person who tries to cause division. That happens on the macro level. That also happens within churches. Um, people who, 
you know, go around backbiting, talking about other people, gossiping about other people in order to stir up some sort of um, anger against someone else so that they can benefit from whatever, whatever it may be, um, personal um, clout or person, some sort of personal gain. For whatever reason, you know, that there are people in churches who like to constantly cause division among the people. And I can tell you that this is something that Max Edwards was talking about um, a few years ago, and I still stand by it, and I talked about it in board meetings before. But if you want a church that is healthy, you've got to have three things. One, unity, accountability, You know, well, I, I, I forgot the third one already. <laughs> That's not good. We've got to have unity. We've got to have accountability. We've got to have faithfulness to the message of, of the work of God. And, that, and that's, you know, faithfulness to the mission. But, you know, that, that unity and accountability are, are, are two things that, that are hard for a church to have. But, but if we want a healthy church, we've got to have those things. We've we got to be on the same page. I'm not saying that everyone's in lockstep. But when we disagree, we go with what's been decided because when we get together and we pray, you know, we should consider that the will of God for us. And when something like that comes up and we disagree, once the decision is made, it's our duty, I think, to support it. Whatever it may be. I'm not talking about any specific situation. I'm just talking in general about divisions we need to be so careful as, as believers in Jesus Christ not to allow divisions within the church. And, and, and we need to be lifting each other up and praying for each other. Our, our job as believers who are gathered here in worship are to elevate others and, and, and raise them up instead of trying to tear people down. So these are the things that God hates. These are the things that bring us under judgment. And, and, and those who commit them will one day have to face God and give an account for the things that they have done before Him. And the one thing that's going to make a difference in that judgment, we have to remember that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The one thing that's going to make a, a difference in that judgment is what we have done with the Son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ has come, He has revealed the Father to us, He has revealed God's will, He he lived a perfect life before us as an example of what obedience to God looks like, of what sin-free living looks like. And then he suffered at the hands of a wicked and terrible world to show us what the depths of human evil was, but also his, his, his death became a sacrifice, so to speak. The priests who laid hands on Jesus, the guards who wrote, laid hands on Jesus, um, most of them were laying on of fists. <laughs> they, they unwittingly set up a sacrifice. Jesus knew what was going on. He knew he'd be the perfect sacrifice for sin. But these, but these wicked people unwittingly set up Jesus as a sacrifice. Their sins were laid upon him. Christ was crucified for those sins and He died. But because you can't keep a, the Son of God down, <laughs> Jesus rose again to eternal life. 
to defeat once and for all sin and death, the evil of sin and its consequences, and to give us a new life, just as He rose to new life, to give us a new life in God. So that we have the promise of salvation, so that one day you and I could stand in His presence and be able to say, I have had my sins forgiven because I accepted the blood of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice. And Jesus, I believe, will be our defense attorney. Standing there telling, that, telling God that this is the truth. He, he's one of mine. And all we have to do to, to, to get it to reach that is to repent of these things. And, and not just these things. This is a small window into some of the sins that people commit. But if we repent of these things, we repent of, we repent of our sins and don't go back to them, and we agree not to go back to them, sometimes we might fail, but if we agree not to go back to them, then we receive the mercy and grace that has been given to us through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus paid the price for our sin and for our death. He paid the price for us so that we can be forgiven. And then... Not only that, and this, this is the part a lot of times Christians forget, not only have we been redeemed and justified by Christ and given a new life in Him, He has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit who helps us to stay away from these sins. To get rid of that heart that devises evil within us. To, to sanctify us is the word that we often use. The Holy Spirit continues to work with us Convicting us when we sin. Convicting us of the things that, that we do wrong. Showing us the way. And then cleansing us from that, that sinful nature within. Because that, that's what God is, is, is trying to, to uh, do when He's trying to save us. He's, he's going for the heart of sin within us. And, and that, that's where all of His love, all of His wrath is, is centered his wrath against sin means he's trying to get rid of us within our, within our hearts and lives. So his love and his wrath are intimately connected. God is trying to, to get rid of that, that source of sin within the heart. The intentions of the heart to sin. This orientation towards sin. And then once, once he takes care of that, then, then the outward sins will be taken care of. But he does that through what we call the process of sanctification. Through his Holy Spirit. God can take care of both the acts of sin and the source of sin within if we'll but let Him do that. So if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you've received the forgiveness of sins, you've been redeemed and justified before God, we need also to let Him sanctify us of that sinful nature within. That means that we need to continue to humble ourselves and ask God, show me, Lord, Help me not to hold myself back from you anymore. And help me, Lord, to recognize sin, to stay away from temptations, to get rid of all sin in my heart. doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes. But what it does mean is the intentions of our heart are to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength and to love our neighbor as, our, as ourselves so that we don't seek to do wrong against our neighbor. We love them as we love ourselves. That's the kind of thing that God wants to establish in our hearts. 
Doesn't mean we might not sin again. Doesn't mean that, that, that we um, uh, might, might never make a mistake. But it does mean that the intentions of our hearts are to do what God wants us to do. And, and, and when we allow Him to transform our hearts as He should, then these, these things will, will not even come into our minds to do them. We need to be so filled with God's Spirit that we don't want to do the things that God hates. There's no way of saying it. If we want to get rid of the sin that God hates, then we need to give ourselves to Jesus Christ. We need to give ourselves fully to His Holy Spirit. Let's stand.